So we're on a mission of connecting 100 million underrepresented people to new opportunities this decade. The challenge right now is that migrants who are our target users, um, and of course there's intersectionality to take into consideration there, but the challenge is, is that the opportunities exist for migrants. Like there are training programs they can engage with, you know, there are people that want to help them, there are companies that want to hire them. But actually the complexity in the ecosystem means it's near impossible for people to actually connect with those opportunities. The reason is, is that there's an awful lot of products that exist out there. Take LinkedIn, for example, right? They're global products and they're serving a, a global population, but actually they're not looking at it from a personalized enough angle. So Naya's technology builds these bespoke career development pathways that align not only with an individual's career aspirations, their skills and like their entire sense of self, but also critical skills gaps in the market. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and that will allow us to bring on big guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Hey, Holly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Very, very good. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am so excited to start talking to you um, about Naya. So I guess before we jump in, like, yeah, let's get a little bit of background about you. Yeah, of course. Um, always struggle with ask, answering this question. A um, little bit about me. So I am one of three co-founders of a social impact startup called Naya. Um, we're a professional network, basically on a mission to connect migrants and underrepresented people to new opportunities, jobs, training, networking, uh, you name it. Um, In terms of kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm incredibly passionate about leveraging like high growth startup methodologies and all that jazz um, and actually having a real impact in the world along the way. Um, And then, yeah, outside of Naya, I'm your everyday 25-year-old girl, love spending time with friends, family, all the usual stuff very cool how did you get involved in the whole like i guess startup space as well as like um i guess the social the social impact side of things to be honest i i think for me it's always been a bit of a no-brainer when it comes to stepping into the startup world i remember being at school and someone we were like maybe 14 or something and everyone had a different it was either a parent or someone from the parents association come into the school and ask what you wanted to be when you were older and I remember saying I want to be an entrepreneur and they just laughed in my face and they were like well what does that mean what does that even mean like what do you want to do I was like I don't know I just want to have a business of my own um so I think from the very early days I've always been really excited by this kind of concept of entrepreneurship and it all kind of really kicked off I was weighing up whether or not to go to university and took the leap in the end and specifically because I chose a course that meant I was able to get experience working in startups Um, and that kind of sealed the deal for me Um, so did a couple of placements in 
um, some early stage organizations in a VC and working in different accelerators. And that is, yeah, kind of the rest is history. I've worked in the startup space ever since. And then when did when did Naya come along in that journey? Yeah, Naya came along more recently. So um, I graduated in the thick of COVID. So it was what, 2020 and Naya was at the beginning of last year. So beginning of 2022, I joined Naya as head of growth. So prior to that had worked for one accelerator that scales social businesses across Africa had the very exciting uh, opportunity to go out to Zambia, Rwanda and Ghana and work with social entrepreneurs out there. I also worked with Rocket Internet. So I lived in Berlin for a little bit, um, worked in the VC side of things for their um, Google Founders Capital, which is like the early stage VC arm of Rocket. And then another accelerator here in the UK. And then it kind of got to a point where I had learned from different entrepreneurs around the world from kind of all different walks of life and had gained that exposure in different industries and I knew that I really wanted to like double down and work in a startup that not only where I was able to kind of apply those learnings and kind of contribute to that growth but also something that I was really deeply passionate about rather than you know an accelerator in an accelerator you're working with multiple businesses so yeah and then found Naya um actually through a guy that I used to work with way back when um in my first ever internship and it was an immediate click I I don't know have you heard of the concept ikigai yeah the Japanese yeah I mean explain it yeah we don't know yeah so always bang on about this but probably never get the definition right so the ikigai concept is it focuses around finding something that you're good at that the world needs that you can get paid for and there might be a full circle that I'm missing but I think those are the three main concepts um and yeah for, for me Naya was was that icky guy ticked every box so that's that's how it came into my life <laughs> that's that sounds amazing the thing is like with when it comes to I guess social impact businesses I think a lot of people you know a lot of young people want to start them because like they're I've seen from speaking to, you know, other young entrepreneurs, including myself, impact is a value that really drives people. Yeah. And social impact is is a massive sort of, you know, part of that as well. And so my first business as well, personally, was in social enterprise, ended up like not working out. And I think the big mistake that I learned was, you know, just social, just social enterprise, like selling a business, selling a product or service just on the fact that it's a social enterprise and it solves a world good isn't isn't enough you have to have like you know you have to either increase revenue for a business decrease cost for a bit if it's b2b you have to have some sort of a tangible benefit in order to like fix that problem at scale yeah and so i don't know is that something that you came across as well when it comes to scaling a business within social sort of impact i think it's something that we're going to continue seeing for for quite a long time like when you look in the market right now there aren't actually many social enterprises or at least really heavily socially oriented businesses who are succeeding and like wiping others out of the market and like you look at you know the the unicorns and kind of you know the the companies that are being reported in tech crunch left right and center and sure they might have a slight impact piece to them but very rarely does it sit at the core of what we're doing and i think that has been the case for a really long time i think we've we've grown used to the public sector to charities to NGOs picking up the kind of social causes 
and but I think we're at quite a kind of pivotal point now where things have got to change like you know you even look at the evolution of AI even in the last few months and how far that's come and it's scary in one way when you think about some of the applications but equally if we start applying technology for good then hopefully we'll be able to really turn things around so I have a real hunch I always have done and always will that the tech businesses that are deeply social like their north star is a social impact metric have to be the biggest businesses in the future um and don't get me wrong there's going to be obviously a lot a lot of testing a lot of failures as there always is in the startup space um but something has to change like that's the whole reason why I was so infuriated when I was working in VC back in 2019 because there was no acknowledgement whatsoever that a business can actually have a significant social impact and drive significant returns for their investors. And I still have conversations with, you know, investors today that revolves around that, but someone has to prove people wrong right yeah i think this is a very important topic and one that i want to like dig in deeper before we do though just to give me people more reference what does naya actually do and then we can sort of move on to to that sort of thing yeah of course so it's um it's it's definitely complicated when you take like the the grand scheme of things i'll start with the mission so we're on a mission of connecting 100 million underrepresented people to new opportunities this decade the challenge right now is that especially for migrants who are our target users. Um, and of course, there's intersectionality to take into consideration there. But the challenge is, is that the opportunities exist for migrants. Like there are training programs they can engage with. You know, there are people that want to help them. There are companies that want to hire them. But actually the complexity in the ecosystem means it's near impossible for people to actually connect with those opportunities. And the reason is, is that there's an awful lot of, products that exist out there take linkedin for example right they're global products and they're serving a, a global population but actually they're not looking at it from a personalized enough angle so naya's technology builds these bespoke career development pathways that align not only with an individual's career aspirations their skills and like their entire sense of self but also critical skills gaps in the market and a really practical example is you might have met a Uber driver who has a degree in software engineering um, and a master's, you know, in computer science. And yeah, that person is driving an Uber. So by joining Naya's platform, they might say, for example, that they're a solo parent and income earner in their organization. They are you know, they, they picked up these skills at university, they need to be based here, they need to be remote, whatever. And based on each specific dimension of that person's character, they'll then be connected to the right mentor at the right time, the right training course, whether it's like an event that focuses on confidence building or a hard skill course that's like, I don't know, data analyst training, and this kind of thing to build a, a full pathway. So that kind of end to end what we're building um and we're just leveraging ai machine learning to get there it sounds like an amazing product as, as well like it sounds like it's 100 percent needed firstly and also sounds like the technology behind you know under the bonnet sounds like it's very very cool where 
it can do that matching and it can do that sort of upskilling of people. And I guess like, yeah, going back to where we were talking before when it comes to actually scaling a startup like that, why did you firstly decide to go down the the migrant route and not just make it open to everyone? And I guess like, how did you scale when you made that decision? Yeah, this is something we kind of jumped around a little bit. So when Naya was, was first incorporated and this is a whole other story, but I wasn't actually there when Naya was first incorporated. So Naya has always been operating under this premise that, that talent is everywhere and opportunity isn't. And the first iteration of the model was we would partner with refugee charities. We, we still do today, but we would partner with those organizations. They would refer talent to us and we would train higher deploy model. So we would upskill individuals who'd been referred by the charity hire them ourselves and then outsource them to organizations. And what that revealed is that the value for all three stakeholders that are involved, so the value for the partners, charities, the value for the individual that's found the job and for the employer was absolutely huge, um, either in giving them you know, access to opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise received or from a business standpoint to tap into like a diverse pool of underdogs where like resilience, loyalty, you know, the character traits you look for in a star employee really exist. So that was the initial use case. And actually Naya ran like that for a full year. From there, it was like, great, but but this problem is, is much bigger than something that can be coordinated as a train high deploy. So that's when the tech platform play came in, the double-sided marketplace sort of leveled up. And that's actually when I stepped in as head of growth. So with the kind of migrant focus specifically we have spoken to i mean we've spoken to hundreds of employers right in the last year and there was a moment where we actually thought to ourselves right let's completely expand out and let's go with anyone that's underrepresented but we also are so dependent on community and network effects to scale this business and the best way to scale a community is by building this sense of familiarity and belonging which is what comes with self-identification so yeah we you know we have over 50 percent of our community members are women so technically we tick the kind of gender diversity box same with lgbtq you know neurodiversity physical disabilities the whole sort of holistic lens around diversity and inclusion technically speaking we have individuals that do kind of fit or self-identify even with those different criteria. But by focusing on migrants, we know that our partners and our community members and our clients are all so clearly aligned around why they are working with Naya. Yeah. Is it is it a tight rope to sort of like walk on, I guess, like where say if you go, if you go, so you're going niche, right? To, towards migrants because there is a problem there. And you're therefore building a very, very strong community because everyone's kind of on the same page, in, like including the, the three stakeholders that you kind of had in mind. However, on, on the other side of the coin, it's like, I guess like, is is it like a finite pool? And are you sort of like limiting yourself when it comes to actually scaling? Um, I don't know, is this something that you'd like thought about at all? Yeah, no, I mean, we've definitely thought about it. And to, to give you an idea, especially with climate change and... Um, kind of really advancing the amount of displacement there's set to be a billion um 
displaced people in the world by 2050. And that's reported by UNHCR. So in terms of the market size, there is a lot of people there. We also, once we have really scaled this for migrant communities, we do intend on branching out into working with other marginalised groups. And the model has been designed in such a way that we can do that quite easily so when you're when you're selling b2b because the you're essentially like yeah it's, you're matching people to, to roles mm-hmm. i guess um what's the sort of i guess hesitations that businesses would give i'm just thinking in terms of like scaling a, a double-sided marketplace where it's, it's driven by social impact like what are the sort of like friction points when it comes to that, that scaling i i would say we've been incredibly fortunate in that driving B2B growth hasn't been a huge challenge for us up until this point. I would also say it hasn't been our focus. So when it becomes our focus, we might find that it's more challenging. But generally speaking, you speak to HR and talent acquisition teams anywhere. They all want to access more talent. They all want to access more diverse talent. And they're looking for new ways to do it. So, yes, there's obviously the, like, social impact piece, but it's not the focus of our conversations. Like, we're not here to tick boxes when we're working with large businesses. We're here to fill their skills gaps and to connect them with people who are currently underutilised in the market. So I think that framing means that we aren't just chatting to the diversity and inclusion teams. We're chatting to people who have, like, budget, decision-making power um, and also like really key KPIs and metrics that they need to hit and and we're helping them to hit them. So yeah, we actually, I wouldn't say have had too much friction at this point in time. I think the most important thing for us will be in really defining that ideal client persona, which is still a work in progress for us. Like we've engaged the smallest of startups right through to working with like shell accenture morgan stanley like global organizations so it's like any startup right you just need to work out what market you want to go for and who when is that the key then i guess within social enterprises like when you when you have that sort of product or service it's like defining who within the business would be the one to have budget in or like and framing the framing it so like the the solution really hits on their problem rather than just the social aspects yeah definitely and that's how you're going to get long-term buy-in right um don't Mm. don't get me wrong the mere fact that so many businesses are prioritizing dei right now it's kind of low-hanging fruit for us if you will sometimes it really helps us to get our foot through the door for a startup we're going to take full advantage of that but the quicker we can expand into especially their early careers teams and the talent acquisition side the better and the moment that you shift your positioning in that way suddenly you're seen as like a long-term viable business partner rather than just this Mm. like charity fluff um the yeah 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 (laughs) and because and because you're two-sided is the language that you use say with the businesses different to the language you would use with the with the individuals and the language you would use with the the sort of like charity you work with yeah definitely to an extent i think Marketplace dynamics are always challenging, interesting, like however you want to look at it, right? You need to get that balance really, really right. The 
what we've found is our USP sits in our community. So we're our main priority right now, and it will be our main priority for the next 12 months, is to build the biggest aggregated community of migrant talent. And the reason is, is from a business standpoint, there's nothing like that that exists. If they want to tap into those users right now, they need to partner with like 10 different organizations. So we can kind of get away with just focusing on the B2C side because you can also still feed the platform with opportunities without having paying clients. So you're still fulfilling the needs of the users at the end of the day. Um, but then equally, you can't onboard businesses when you don't have a community of that size. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of fortunate in that we found a bit of a workaround where you can have that, that mismatch and still scale the business. Holly, before we um, wrap up the podcast, I know this is like another really important thing for people to hear is so you talked about, you know, being in the startup space for a long time, being in social impact for a long time. I really want to talk about, I guess, like the value of network. And it's something that we talk about a lot on this podcast and something that I talk about a lot personally as well, because a lot of opportunities that I've got, I've been through either this podcast or meeting people through this podcast or just like network effects essentially from like meeting cool people. So for for people listening, I guess, like what's been the value of network for you? I put my, to be honest, I put my entire career success down to networking I I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for the people that have surrounded me at every point of my journey and I think also I've I've invested an awful lot of time in in building that not only organically but also through like cold outreach like the amount of jobs that I have secured through just messaging someone cold on LinkedIn and being like love what you're doing like how can I help how can I get involved and I always think there is always something that you can offer to other people and that they can offer to you and there's an awful lot of people who I think hold their relationships very close and have this resistance to connect people to others but I think it's halting their growth long term because it all circles back around. Um, and like like I said, I wouldn't be working at Naya if it weren't for the first job that I ever got. And investing in that relationship and maintaining that over like a five-year time period for me to be front of mind when it comes to a head of growth role. So yeah, I I might be the wrong person to ask because for me, it is absolutely everything. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. I got my previous role f- through like networking. I got a lot of opportunities through networking. I've, I've got f- f- far more opportunities through people who I've met than I have through just like applying for things, for instance. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't even come close. It's, it, it's insane. So yeah, the, the, the value of network is so, so important. And I guess like you, you mentioned a few things there. So just like messaging people cold on LinkedIn, just speaking to people, messaging them to like arrange a call. Um, what other ways have you seen like work really well for you in terms of like growing that network? Yeah, there are so many incredible communities that exist. I mean, I'm, I'm scaling a community business, so it's unsurprising that I gravitate towards a lot. But um, like find, find your areas of interest and double down on that niche. Like since becoming a founder at the end of last year, I'm now a part of, so many incredible 
founder communities. Some are for female founders, some are for young founders, some are for social impact founders. Like each different kind of niche gives you the opportunity to meet new people. So really do the research, like go along to events if you have the energy and confidence for it. Um and just kind of get your name out there, chat chat to anyone. And the last thing is like I didn't I kind of like underestimated the value of, of sort of network because as and I guess like you did too when it comes to actually like when you speak to people and and yeah once you're kind of like you're more of like front of mind so when they do get more opportunities they kind of come to you they think of you so one thing that I've kind of like battled with is like saying no to things because I, I never thought I'd get to a place where you know you have to turn things down because you're kind of, you kind of have like an, an abundance of opportunity um so I guess like for you do you like how have you been have you like battled with that or like how have you sort of like yeah how have you have you faced it I'm a hundred percent one of these people that I will cram every single day the time that I have as much as I can um and it, it might even be that I'm cramming it with like I don't know like a a workout like a, a dinner with friends but like that time will be filled um in some way or another I'm I really struggle with kind of switching off so I guess in that sense it might mean I have slightly more time to give um to opportunities and things that arise but in terms of prioritization I think I have really clear goals both in my personal life and also obviously when it comes to the business and you know we're telling our team every single day reminding them like this is our north star these are the businesses kpis if what you're doing today doesn't contribute to those goals then why are you doing it right like we need to revisit your objectives and just make sure that everyone is aligned and sometimes i have to really catch myself and be like which goal is this contributing towards but being able to say no to good opportunities is one of the best skills that you can hold in my opinion and by anchoring everything to objectives and goals has worked really well for me i think that's a that's a wonderful note to end on actually so holly thank you so much for coming on the podcast i loved having you on how can people stay in touch with you and what naya is is going to be building in the future yeah of course um so if people want to stay in touch with me best bet is linkedin uh, obviously i'm there for networking a whole lot um just holly simmons there um naya network on linkedin as well please follow the business um engage with our posts we're a small startup so we love people just championing what we're doing um and yeah always happy to hear from anyone that either works in this space um wants to work in this space or yeah anything in between holly thank you so much for coming on again and i'm sure we'll speak very soon thank you so much thanks Ina. catch you soon bye